0: We've talked in our series of five fatal sins about jealousy as the sin that blights. Malice, the sin that burns. This morning I'd like for us to think about the sin that blasts, and that's gossip. I think Nehemiah, one of God's faithful servants in the Old Testament days, is greatly to be admired. He's described as a cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. But he was more than just a servant in the kitchen or in the dining room. He was an advisor to the king. So much so that when he was sent by the king back to Jerusalem, he was appointed to be the governor, and he was given authority to do other things as rebuilding the walls. So it was a man well recognized by King Artaxerxes. And one day his brother Hanani came from Jerusalem And bringing words that were sad for Nehemiah to hear Remember in 606 Nebuchadnezzar had come and carried off the first captivities into Babylonian captivity A captivity that was to last and did last 70 years The walls, in fact, Jerusalem was burned in 586 Cyrus came to power as the Medo-Persian emperor And in 536, a group led by Zerubbabel came back to Judea, to Jerusalem. Eventually, they rebuilt the temple in 516. And so, almost a hundred years after the first people came back to Jerusalem from captivity, in 444, they still don't have the walls built around Jerusalem. There were still breaches or holes in the walls the gates and the doors were still down burned and it was this sad news that his brother had brought to nehemiah the king recognized that he was sad asking what the matter was and nehemiah after praying told god i mean told the king what the problem was the king allowed nehemiah to return with the authority that we've mentioned and to accomplish the work that needed to be accomplished We cannot help but admire Nehemiah because he was a man of compassion, a man of purpose, and a man of energy. We admire Nehemiah because he was a man of prayer. We admire him because when he saw the work that God wanted him to do, he could not be deterred by any opposition, but he set his face to do it, and he accomplished God's will. A man greatly to be admired. After organizing the work, beginning to rebuild the walls, they had some enemies, the Samaritans. There were Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. And they were in Samaria. They didn't like what they saw. And so they tried every way. They tried taunting them, mocking them, laughing them to scorn. They said, "Why, well, even if a fox were to go upon these walls you we were rebuilding, the walls would collapse." They told them that they were going to come and plan to, with military might and fight them and destroy their work. They tried to get them to compromise, or at least Nehemiah, and said, "Would you not meet with us in the plains of Ono in one of the villages there?" And let us counsel together. Well, Nehemiah knew that they had mischief to make with him, perhaps take his own life. And every time he refused. But finally they tried a new method. The method of gossip. And let me read the way they did this. This is found in Nehemiah chapter 6. And I'll start with verse 6. Or yes, well, verse five, then sent Sanballat, his servant unto me, this is Nehemiah talking, in like manner the fifth time, with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem saith it. Now that's just gossip. We've heard this rumor, they say, and even Geshem repeats it. Or what is it? That thou and the Jews think to rebel, that is against the Medo-Persians, against Artaxerxes, for which cause thou art building the wall, and thou wouldst be their king according to these words, referring back to the gossip. That's what we've heard. According to these words, you would be the king. Verse 7. And thou hast also appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Referring to Nehemiah, they thought. And now shall it be reported to the king according to these words? What do you think King Artaxerxes will do if they hear this rumor? Come now, therefore... And let us take counsel together. Now, notice Nehemiah's response in verse 8. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done, be as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. Nehemiah said, You've made all of this up. There is absolutely no truth in it. For they all would have made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work that it be not done. But now, O God, strengthen thou my hands. Nehemiah knew how to answer the gossip and then to pray. But now, O God, strengthen thou my hands. And you know the end of the story. In 52 days they completed that great work. But they had gossip coming from the opposition. And gossip is always from the opposition. Let me define gossip. It's idle chatter, groundless rumors, foolish talking. And to further define it in our discussion this morning, I'd like to present four statements that describe the nature of the gossiper. A gossiper is one, a person with an uncontrolled tongue. A gossiper is one with an uncontrolled, an untamed tongue. We know that James in chapter 3 had much to say about the tongue, the good and the bad that can come from it. And James said in verse 6 or verse 8, But the tongue can no man tame. Now, is that a statement that applies to all men? That no man can tame his tongue or control his tongue? Probably that's right. With this qualification. That what man cannot do, God can. It's not within man himself. He doesn't have the strength to overcome and to tame his own tongue. But God can give him that strength. And the tongue can be tamed. The tongue is tamed, and here's the bottom line, by submission to the will of God. The tongue is tamed by anybody and everyone who will submit themselves to the will of God. The taming of the tongue is implied certainly in James 1, 26. If any man thinketh himself to be religious, but bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. The Lord doesn't want us to have a a vain religion. But we have if we have not controlled and we let our tongue go unbridled. The essence of love is described as described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 if fulfilled in our lives, will provide that power to control the tongue. Let me read again for us from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And I'm going to read from J.B. Phillips' rendering of this section. This love of which I speak is slow to lose patience. It looks for a way of being constructive, Now, gossip doesn't. It is not possessive. It is neither anxious to impress. Now, sometimes gossipers gossip to impress. Nor does it cherish inflated ideas of its own importance. Love has good manners, but a gossiper doesn't. And does not pursue selfish advantage. Love is not touchy. It does not keep account of evil but gossipers do, or gloat over the wickedness of other people, but gossip does. On the contrary, it is glad with all good men when truth prevails. Love knows no limit to its endurance, no end to its trust, no fading of its hope. It can outlast anything. It is, in fact, the one thing that still stands when all else has fallen. And how do we begin this submitting? Well, we begin by dedicating our lives to Christ. A life without Jesus Christ is a life without, well, like a boat without a pilot. It's without control. The fountain pen has more or less been replaced by the ballpoint pen or the typewriter or the word processor. But the fountain pen is still very popular with some folk. And when you buy a new fountain pen, you'll find some instructions, some little hints as to the proper use of that pen. Here's a statement from one of those hints. When the ink flows too freely, it is a sign the pen is nearly empty. Now, someone's made an application from that hint to gossip. When the tongue flows too freely, it's a sign that the head is nearly empty. So a gossiper is one who has an uncontrolled tongue. But a gospel is also a person who does not know the power of speech. Doesn't know the power of speech. Has no appreciation of what he can do, good or bad, with his tongue. Again, we turn back to James 3, and let me read verses 5 and 6 from the N.E.B. He's described how you can put a bridle in a horse and control that horse very well. You can take a a small, uh, uh, what's the word that that you put on a boat to guide it? uh, Rudder, rudder. good, thank you. And can turn this great big ship around. Now, he uses those illustrations, and then he applies it to the tongue. He says, so with a tongue. You know, it's a small thing. It is a small member, but it can make huge boasts or huge claims for itself. What an immense stock of timber can be set ablaze by the tiniest spark. And the tongue is, in effect, a fire. It represents among our members the world with all its wickedness, it pollutes our whole being. It keeps the wheel of our existence red hot. And, flame, and its flames are fed by hell. The tongue has the power to make or to break, to bring joy or sorrow, to lift up or to cast down. Homes have been ruined by foolish, sinful, Gossip. The wife was in the kitchen washing the dishes. Husband was in the living room looking out the window. And he said, There goes a woman John Brown's in love with. And the wife drops the plate, runs into the living room and says, Where? Where? He says, Right there. She says, Oh, that's John's wife. Well, what he said was the truth. What she was looking for was a little bit of unsavory bit of a tidbit that might be gossip here and there. Joseph was slandered maliciously, was he not? We're talking about the Joseph of the Old Testament. When his master Potiphar's wife accused him of false things, told everybody something he had not done and he was put in prison. Of course, she was trying to save her own skin. Sometimes maybe that's a reason for gossip. A gossiper is a reckless person. He or she does not know the power of speech, and that's the reason. can be as reckless as a drunken man driving a car, and what a terror it is for a man to be driving down the motorway under the influence of alcohol. But it's no more dangerous than the gossiper who wrecks the life and the happiness by repeating silly, foolish Groundless rumor. A gossiper is as reckless as a child with a loaded pistol. In Proverbs 11 and verse 9 we read, With his mouth the godless man destroyeth his neighbor. I mean, each of us could do that. We could destroy our neighbor with a tongue, with what we say. But being Christians, we don't want to do that. But it has been done, and even Solomon in years and generations gone by saw it being done then. In Proverbs 18 and 21, the tongue has the power of life and death, but the gossiper does not know the power of the tongue. It has been the assassin of many a good man, the atomic bomb which has destroyed many homes. I'm sure you've heard about Othello, one of Shakespeare's characters. Shakespeare put in his mouth these words, Who steals my purse steals trash, but he that filches from me my good name robs me of that which not enriches him, but makes me poor indeed. It's been suggested that an evil tale ought to be made to pass through three gates before it be allowed to pass on. The first gate that this evil report needs to pass through is it true? And if it's not true, that's when it stops. Second gate, is it necessary? Third gate, is it kind? And there are few evil reports that can pass through all three of these gates. Is it necess- Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Jesus makes the point, same point, Matthew 12 and also in Matthew 15. In Matthew 12, he says we're going to be judged by our very words that we speak. By thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Well, what does the Lord mean by that? Well, he begins in verse 35 by saying that the good man out of the good treasure bringeth forth good things. There are three goods there. The good man out of his good treasure bringeth forth good things, but the evil man out of his evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. And what the Lord is talking about here is that what comes out of my mouth and out of your mouth and out of everybody's mouth tells us what kind of a heart we have. If there are good things, there's a good heart inside. If there are evil things, there's an evil heart inside. In Matthew 15, 18 and 19, he says, But the things which proceed out of the mouth come forth out of the heart, and they defile the man. For out of the heart come forth evil thoughts and other things that he mentions. So whatever comes forth, comes forth from the condition of our heart. And when we stand before God in judgment, he's going to judge our words as indices of our heart, of our character. That's what he meant. Let me present to you a proposition. Here's a good question. If someone were to pay you ten cents a dime for every kind word that you ever spoke about people and were to collect from you five cents for every unkind word that you spoke about people, would you be rich or poor? Let me put that to you again. If someone were to offer you ten cents for every kind word that you ever spoke about people, but took from you five cents for every unkind word that you spoke, and you tallied up what you had left, would you be rich or would you be poor? Well, the third thing about a gospel he's a time waster. In First Corinthians 5 and 13, Paul says, And with all they learned to be idle, going about from house to house, house to house, And not only idle, but tattlers, busybodies, speaking things which they ought not. A tattler is a gossip, and maybe your version may render it that way, but that's what he's talking about. Idle. Paul had something else to say about wasting our time in Ephesians 5 and 16, isn't it? Redeeming the time, for the days are evil. Redeeming the time. Can it be that some folks who complain they don't really have time for daily Bible study for prayer for doing what they're able to do and carrying on the Lord's work find that they have time for gossip no time really to tell anybody about Jesus Christ but time is consumed talking about others in a way that helps no one a gossiper is a time waster and fourthly, a gossiper is a troublemaker. In 2 Thessalonians three eleven and 12, Paul said, For we hear of some that walk among you disorderly, that work not at all, but are busybodies. And you know what a busybody is? That's one who prides into other people's affairs. meddles in other men's matters is the way it's also put. First Peter four and fifteen. Peter says, "Don't bring trouble upon yourself by doing wrong. If you must suffer, suffer for righteousness' sake. If you suffer for gossip, you bring trouble on yourself. A gossiper sometimes passes on things because we're just dumb. We just." just do it thoughtlessly but I believe that there are also gossipers who do it out of a malicious and mean heart a gossiper is a troublemaker and we don't want to have any part with it people who are happy with the downfall of others Christian sympathy really It does not hold a big place in the heart of a gossiper. Sometimes a gossiper is jealous, and that's why they want to gossip. They like to criticize and slander those that they are jealous of. We need to remember this. But it's easier to scatter stories, to repeat the stories that we've heard, but it's difficult to stop them. And slander is an injury that is hard to undo, even if you wanted to undo it. You may have heard this story. A man slandered a friend, only to find out later that it was not true. And so being troubled, he went to Confucius for some advice. And Confucius said that if you would make peace with your conscience, take a bag of feathers And go throughout the village and drop a feather at the doorstep of each home. Well, the man gladly did that. Came back to Confucius. He said, now take up your bag and go your rounds again. And pick up every feather that you lay down. And the man cried out, well, that's impossible. The wind's been blowing and I can never gather all of those feathers back. Contitution said yes, and so it is with gossip and slander. Words are easily dropped, but no matter how hard you try, you can never get them back again, and that's true. A gossiper is one who has an uncontrolled tongue. A gossiper is one who does not know the power of speech. A gossiper is one who's a time waster and a troublemaker. But what are the lessons for ourselves? One is the tongue has got to be restrained. In Psalm 34 and 13 it says, Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. In Proverbs 13 and 3, He that guardeth his mouth keepeth his life. But he that openeth wide his lips shall have destruction. First Peter three and ten, he that would live he that would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue. Your version may say, Let him keep his tongue, control his tongue. Our lives cannot be and cannot know the fullness of joy. Until we learn the secret of control through Jesus Christ. And secondly, the tongue is to be used for him. For the Lord. The Lord said to preachers, go and preach the word. That's the command. The command for every child of God is to share your faith. To make disciples of all nations. That's not just for the apostles. That's for every disciple. And this will be using the tongue for the glory of God. And when we use it in that way, there'll be no time to use it for Satan. Romans 10 and 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. What the world needs is faith. Well, to obtain that faith, they have to hear the word of God. And that's where you and I come in. We need to let the people hear the word that they may hear, believe, obey and be saved and the whole life is to be submitted to Christ if we're a child of God we're to give our whole life to him Paul said in Romans 12 and 1 I beseech you brethren by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is your spiritual or your reasonable service well now the ear is a part of the body the eyes are a part of the body My soul, my heart's a part of the body. My tongue, my speech is a part of the body. And if I am to consecrate and dedicate my whole body to the Lord, that includes my tongue and my heart. That prompts the words that come from them. For some, gossip is perhaps their greatest weakness. And if so, it needs to be faced and confessed to God. Now let me close by saying... Let this prayer come from our heart. O oh, Father, let me be like Jesus, who went about doing good, who never used words of deceit or guile, first Peter two twenty two. Others can easily see what we are by the way we talk. I mean we cannot fool anybody very long. And so let others see by our speech that we have been with the Lord the world has plenty of gishams. the one that Sanballat reported to Nehemiah who also says this and we want to determine and resolve to walk in another company gossip is a sin that blasts Jesus Christ is a Savior.